is Women Who Rock, a podcast promoting Australian female musicians and artists. My guest today is Georgia Street. Georgia is a drummer who plays in multiple bands, including Library Siesta and Blue Green. Georgia, thanks so much for coming on Women Who Rock. Thanks for having me. Um, it's great to have you. I have spoken to Bree when we spoke about Library Siesta. Mm-hmm. We kind of spoke about how it is having band members actually across different countries yeah. in that band. So in uh, your other band, Blue Green, you're a two-piece. Yeah. You're in Sydney and Max is in Melbourne. So how does that influence the creative process? So when we first became a band, we both lived in Sydney. Okay. So for the first year, uh, we'd rehearse every week or fortnight, um, write and we, so it took us that time to come up with our sound and figure out what kind of songs we wanted to write. And there's quite a few songs that we just sort of tucked away and we're like, yeah, let's not use them okay. after working on them for months and months. Um, and so we did one gig and then a couple months later he's like, oh, I'm moving to Melbourne. And I'm like, great, oh, cool. Because no. <laughs> um, I was in this little band before that. That also broke up because one of the members moved to Melbourne, so it just dissipated. So but I was like, no. A, you, you had a chat? Yeah, I was like, no, we're going to make this work. Okay. Melbourne's not that far. I can do this. So in the past year, uh, we've done quite a few gigs between Sydney and Melbourne. So it's kind of fun because every gig we do, it's almost like we're going on tour. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great um, reason to go into state to play shows. Yeah. To see your other bandmates. Um, <laughs> but uh, in terms of like writing and recording, it's a little bit different because we just end up sending each other like voice memos from our phones. Okay. Uh, So generally I'll come up with lyrics or melody and so I'll just sing it into my phone, maybe drum on my chest or something, and then I'll send it to him like, hey, do something with it if you've got a chance. And then sometime later he'll send it back. Okay. Like with the guitar and maybe he'll be singing it over his guitar and then I add the drums after that to see what vibe he did for the guitar. So it's a slow building process. Yeah. The pieces kind of slowly fall into place. Yeah, so it's good that we can kind of send these ideas to each other and then it means when we get together we have to really efficiently use our rehearsal time because mm. generally we'll get to whichever city on the day of the gig or the day before and then we'll just have that like maybe two, three hours of rehearsal. And in that time, we might come up with a new song or show each other yeah, show each other a song we've been working on and go, hey, do you want to do this tonight or tomorrow night? Oh, wow. Uh, so that happened in Melbourne with one of our new songs. Um, cool. So it's like uh, a really compressed environment. Yeah. And it, it kind of forces... It really puts, puts the pressure on. It forces you to be really creative in a really short period of time. <laughs> I was reading an interview about The Kills. Okay. And they were, I think initially they met in London, 
But then Alison Mossad, I think, went back to America. And they were like that for multiple years where they were in different countries. And they used to, they were kind of sending themselves physical tapes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they do kind of what you're doing. I guess yours is somewhat facilitated by iPhones. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> it's kind of the same process. That's really interesting. And as you said, it's, it's a great way to book interstate gigs mm. because you kind of have camps in in all both of the, i guess the two really big cities yeah it just, just forces you <laughs> yeah cool uh so you played in sydney last weekend yeah and you're in melbourne next weekend yeah. which is actually last weekend if you're <laughs> listening to this when it comes out <laughs> but uh how have your experiences been playing in the different cities do you sense a bit of a different vibe um a little bit but not so much Generally, the people that I interact with uh, in that smaller local music community, they're all just really nice and supportive. Okay. Um, and everyone's just there to go hang out with each other and support each other's bands. When you go to Melbourne, do you go to the Seinfeld bar? Isn't there a Seinfeld bar in Melbourne? I don't know. I've never been. Oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm generally only there for a couple of days. Yeah, so that's right. It's and I just sort of catch up with friends. So. Yeah, right. I guess it's very hard to comment on a city's music vibe because there's so many pockets like within Sydney you could be in so many different scenes like I'm sure there's a hip-hop scene in Sydney I'm yeah. just <laughs> I'm not well versed in it <laughs> no I I couldn't say I am either <laughs> no um, but yeah it's really great that you guys are so frequently going and playing in, in Melbourne and Sydney so in Blue Green you have an EP that's in the works mm -hmm. called Quarter Life Crisis I think the kind of, when I think of Blue Green from the live shows that I've seen, I kind of get like a DIY aesthetic. I think it kind of goes with that. So can you tell us a little bit how the recording for the EP is going so far? Yeah. Uh, so we decided we'd just record an EP on our own rather than spending more money on recording because we're both pretty poor. Um, <laughs> well, if you're travelling to Melbourne every other weekend. It's yeah, not, not quite, of... but still. <laughs> so... It's just quite lucky that... So we both met each other at AIM and I was doing audio and he was doing comp. So we both have uh, a bit of an experience with audio and recording up our sleeves. So I got Brie to help me record uh, the drum demos in my lounge room and we just... Oh, really? Yeah. That's so white stripes. <laughs> um, yeah, she just came over with her computer and her interface and a few mics and it was actually three mics that we used. And I think we got a pretty good sound, and I'm pretty sure that there's no planes going overhead because I'm okay. under the flight path. <laughs> this is of the four episodes of Women Who Rock that I've done so far. You're the second person who's mentioned air <laughs> airplane noise <laughs> when recording. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we just got a really good day because I can't remember any moment where we had to stop or pause before recording. So <laughs> It's so interesting that that's actually a thing. Oh, for, definitely. For I guess it's not just a Sydney thing, though. All cities have planes. That's my, <laughs> that's my argument. Cool. Okay. So you were doing demos in your lounge room. Did you yeah. do all the guitars and vocals at home as well? No. So we haven't done the vocals yet. I'm going to do them when okay. I'm down in Melbourne okay, sure. um, so that Max and I can both use the same mic and be in the same room. So there's a little bit more of a, of a meld there together. But he's just recorded all the guitar stuff and... I think he had some issues the first time he tried to do it, and now the second time he's done it, he's done it both through a bass amp and a guitar amp. 
and using two different guitars. I think he used a 12-string and as well oh, as his cool. regular guitar. And when he came up to Sydney last weekend, he also used the guitar that uh, he was borrowing and recorded uh, one part for one of the songs on a friend's amp. So it's good that we're getting like different tones. Yeah, um, wow. Because as a two-piece... You know, you need as much as you can get, really. Yeah, that's true. Um, it seems as though it is very much a DIY thing. You're kind of building layers as you go and not necessarily... It's very different experience to kind of going to the studio and getting everything done in one day. It seems as though it's kind of the same way that you're writing the songs is the way that the recordings are happening as well. It's yeah, like this completely. Layer, this layer-by-layer layer DIY process. I think that's really cool that you're doing it across different cities as well. We don't have much of a choice, yeah. so, uh, yeah, it's it's just what works. And and this is your first EP? Yeah. So we've released one single so far called About You, mm-hmm. um, and then we've got another single called Tar that you'll hear at yes, some point during this. Um, and it's quite a bit of a different sound, so I wanted to put out an EP before releasing Tar just so people knew that, like, we're not confused. We know what we sound like and what we do. Okay. So t- Ty will be on the EP? No, I'm going to put... I think I'm going to put... Okay. I think I'm going to release it a little <laughs> bit after the EP, just as its own thing. Because, yeah, talking about the song, we've already had a little bit of a clip from About You, and when I heard About You, I was getting this real Black Keys kind of vibe. But when I heard Tar, it's more like a big kind of ethereal song, really. I... Yeah. Maybe let's... Let's have a listen to it, and then we'll come back and we'll have a little bit of a chat about the difference in sound. So let's hear now a very new track from Blue Green. This one is called Tar. Behind the 
from them I got a real kind of ethereal vibe from that I think I could when I first heard it particularly with the introduction I feel as though I could totally have heard that like in The Lord of the Rings oh, it's wow. got this, this kind of like big ethere- I feel as though it would go with like when there's like talking in Elvish Right, yeah. That's what my, maybe because I'm a big Tolkien nerd, that's where my <laughs> brain goes. Not necessarily everyone else goes there, but I think we can both agree. I love that, it though. <laughs> I think we can both agree that it's a bit different to About You, the one that we heard a little bit before. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, so I've seen you guys play live a couple of times, mm-hmm. and it's sort of different to the kind of garage, almost punk DIY aesthetic that I've seen before. So, what has prompted that change? Well, that song actually is the first song that I wrote with my previous band, and I asked, I was just really attached to it, and after a few months of working with Max, I was like, oh, I've got this song, and I asked the other band members, I was like, would well, you be okay if I use this with my new band? And they said, yeah, go for it. Okay. So I gave the song to Max and went, hey, what do you think of this? And uh, he's totally changed the, the feel of it. Because it used to be played just on a cajon and an acoustic guitar. Okay. 
now it's Petal City. Yeah. There's some <laughs> there's cool... A, there's a lot of layers in there. Cool delay and kind of reverby stuff. Yeah, nice. So that was a band before Blue Green yeah. where the member went to Melbourne. Yeah. And it stopped. But then you took that song and you transformed it by taking it into Blue Green. Yeah. So I was just quite attached to it. Um, and just... I guess subject matter wise and lyrically and the vocal melody, it it wouldn't suit that more aggressive indie rock that we do. Yeah. Um, so it, the song kind of just formed like that in the studio. We had a live version that we did, uh, but then a lot of those lead guitar lines and all the layering just happened in the studio. We mm. got a bit carried away with it. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, no, it sounds great. I wanted to, you mentioned the vocals there. Mm-hmm. So on that one, I mean, definitely you're the kind of lead vocals. Yeah. But you don't have lead vocalists. You guys kind of share quite evenly, it seems. Yeah, completely. We we both write lyrics and we both sing. And actually, About You is a song that I wrote. That was the first song that I gave to Max, and I was like, I'm stuck on this, I don't really like what I'm doing, and I gave it to him, and he just did some guitar thing, which was pretty much what he's playing in this, and just started singing, and that became the song that you know now, yeah. it was just a lot slower. He's he, like, he was quite a good friend, as well, he still is, <laughs> but we, you know, we started being quite good friends, so it was really easy to just be like, hey, I've made this thing, and give it to someone, and let them do what they want with it and be vulnerable and yeah so it's it's just it's just good to have someone that you're comfortable sharing with and there's no egos between us or anything about oh but I really like this thing and cool that's the way it needs to be I guess yeah <laughs> with a song like Tar do you guys play that live yeah we do okay is it difficult to replicate all those layers uh <laughs> just with pedals I guess He's yeah got... I'm I wish I could tell you what pedals Max uses <laughs> um I had a bit of a sneak peek when we played together at, at Valve Bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's got some pretty cool delay stuff. Yeah. I, The hardest thing for me with that song is... The drumming is just muscle memory now, but the the singing is quite challenging. I have to practice it quite a lot uh, to get enough air and pronounce words properly. Uh, so it's not necessarily the drumming and singing together. It's more the, the singing when you're on stage that you need to, yeah, to work Yeah, I've, I've been drumming forever, so... yeah. Singing is still quite new to me. In the first episode of Women Who Rock, I spoke to Bree from Library Siesta, which you drum in. Obviously, you drum in Blue Green and sing mm-hmm. in Blue Green, which we've been talking about. They are kind of different vibes. I'd say Library Siesta is kind of more indie rock, whereas we've talked about the sort of rawness of the live stage for Blue Green. So when you are kind of presented with a song or when you're writing a song, do you have like a switch in your brain that you have to think about? Okay, I'm doing Blue Green. It's going to be kind of raw. Or no, this is more like a library siesta song. I have to think in this kind of headspace. Uh, A little bit, yeah. With Blue Green, especially because I'm singing so much and in library siesta, I don't sing at all at, at the moment. I just focus more on keeping the beat and 
hitting a bit hard and just doing that, you know, doing my thing. Doing your thing. Um, and that's a more natural thing for me to do. But in Library Siesta, I replaced Paul, who was the drummer, but is now the bass player. Mm. So most of the songs that I play uh, are just my interpretations of what he's recorded. So I've kind of, yeah, I kind of do have like this library siesta hat that I put on. Yeah. And with the newer songs that we're writing at the moment, I'm trying really hard to kind of think like, what would Paul do? Okay. <laughs> um, well, you can ask just, him, right? He's, yeah, he's yeah. He's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, but at the same time, you know, I've expressed this to Brie, like, oh, I'm worried that you know, there's a couple of songs where I'm playing something that, I would play in blue-green, and I'm like, oh, I don't want this to just sound like blue-green. And she's like, no, like, it's the evolution of the band. I think I think this is, like, the sixth version, line-up version of Library Siesta. Mm. Um, so she's like, oh, it's just the evolution of it, and it's okay for it to sound different because you're not Paul, you're Georgia. Yeah. So, That's uh, exactly how Brie would say that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've done a really good job. Um, so you, it is kind of putting into a different headspace. But do you, when you're approaching that kind of headspace, are you thinking like particular influences? Like, you know, this is a big influence for Library Siesta. I have to kind of maybe listen to that music and uh, try to think about what they would do, whereas Blue Green would be maybe like a White Stripes kind of more raw affair? Um, I definitely have more influences for Blue Green. With Library Siesta, my influence is actually just old Library Siesta. Okay. <laughs> And then just with, like, sprinkles of my personal style, which is more blue-green. And, yeah, with blue-green, obvious influences are black keys and white stripes. Mm. Um, That's why we get on really well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Those are my favourite bands. And uh, then for me, also, like, London Grammar, uh, which you can definitely hear more of in Tar. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think of that, but that is a really kind of reminiscent of London Grammar. Mm. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I'd like to think I have a sweet voice sometimes, so it lends itself a bit to that, but it's uh, it's nice to put in the in the indie rock as well, mm. that sweet voice. That It's just a nice combination. Yeah, cool. Well, it's definitely an interesting headspace that you're kind of getting into, having to switch between the two. Uh, so we were talking a little bit. We've talking spoken quite a bit today about the having to focus on the singing because you've been drumming for ages. Mm. Maybe singing live is kind of a new thing. We were talking off air about how you were kind of shy with the singing, which is something that I can totally understand. <laughs> so would you say that maybe over the like? Because how long have you been doing blue green for and doing uh... live shows? Playing live shows for about a year, but two years we've been a band. Mm. So would you say that being in Blue Green and then going and doing these vocals live has, has been kind of a transformation in the way that you approach doing live vocals? Yeah, def it's it's definitely been a really gradual thing. Okay. Um, like with the that first band that I was in, uh, we were kind of manufactured by our drum teacher, Lloyd, and... He was like, Georgia, you're going to sing as well as play the cajon. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, you know, I don't sing. And he's like, no, you can. Uh, so we'd, we'd rehearse and we'd be looking in the mirror and standing in front of a microphone, just practicing looking at ourselves and getting comfortable with that, which 
took quite a while because it's really confronting looking at yourself while you're singing, mm. uh, especially when you don't think you sound good, but everyone else is going, no, you're fine, you're fine. But <laughs> you're like, no, you're lying. You're trying to make me feel good. So then with that, I started, oh, where's my timeline? Playing in Library Siesta Live happened around the same time that I started doing a lot of blue-green shows. Um, and Library Siesta plays quite regularly in Sydney. So I quickly got a lot of confidence on stage drumming because I remember the first gig I was shaking. Like, I wasn't really nervous, but I was just... My body was shaking. Mm. It's just a, a reaction. Yeah. Um, so I had to just get the confidence being comfortable on stage, having people watch you and, you know, preparing for any mistake that might come up and just pushing through it. So Library Tester has really helped me with Blue Green because then I've got to add the singing element to it. Um, and now it's great. I'm really comfortable sitting down on a mic and and singing and playing and I'm still dealing with like looking at an audience and you know having them watch me back and look at them in the eyes but maybe I shouldn't look them in the eyes (laughs) Um, but uh it's also at the moment I'm also encountering a new level of singing where I'm doing harmonies in another band called the Sicarios who do covers of like Neil Young and Tom Petty and Credence Cool. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Um, so I do va- uh, backing vocals and hand percussion with them. And so suddenly, instead of sitting down at a drum kit and singing, I'm standing up with just a mic in front of me. And that was really confronting. Like, also just standing instead of sitting, your body's going, oh, wait, that's not how you sing. You <laughs> used to be a bit more squished up. but So I'm still getting comfortable with that as well. So. so there's different levels, and it's kind of yeah. a gradual thing. The An interesting point is, so, I mean, maybe when you started doing Blue Green, it was kind of some shyness in terms of doing, like, the live vocals. Does it translate to the studio as well? Do you get into the studio and be like, oh, man, I don't want to do the vocals, or is that kind of... Because there's no crowd. No, I'm I'm pretty comfortable in the studio. I just really get critical of myself. And I'll listen back to a take and I'm immediately like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> There'll be a tiny little thing and I'm like, nope. Um, so there's a few things in Tar where I'm, I don't want to say exactly how long we spent recording just the vocals, but it was a fair chunk of a day. Okay. Um, and there are a few things in it that I just had to accept that I wasn't happy with entirely, but I was like, there's got to be a point where I draw the line and just put pen to paper and that's it. So you're off to Melbourne on the weekend and you're going to be playing with some really awesome Sydney siders Whispering Jackie. Uh, yeah, so it was really good um, with Whispering Jackie because I'd booked a date in Melbourne um, at Woody's Dive Bar and I was like, oh, we won't headline, I'll get a local band to headline. And all the bands that I was asking were busy doing other gigs or touring and I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? Uh, and Whispering Jackie... Uh, they asked my band to support them last week at mm. the time of recording. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yes, definitely. I love you guys. <laughs> Let's do it. And then on the whim, I was like, hey, I've got a gig the following week in Melbourne. Do you guys want to come down and headline that as well? Because they released a single called Bean Drinking. And they're like, uh, yeah, we can make that work. So now I've got a Sydney headliner instead of a Melbourne headliner, which... 
It's cool. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, well, Georgia, thanks so much for coming on and having a chat today. It's really interesting to get your insight into the the mind of someone operating in two bands and two creative spaces. <laughs> we will certainly keep our eye out for the Blue Green EP Quarter Life Crisis. We'll keep our ears to the ground for that. Uh, yes. But <laughs> thanks so much for coming on Women Who Rock. Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt. It's sure awesome. it's rising, the craziness in you. Women Who Rock is proudly produced in the Sydney studios of 2SER 107.3.